you enjoy the time around your family dinner table? And how about having friends over when you can just sit, talk, and linger long over a meal? Well, this kind of fellowship we talk about today in our study of Song of Solomon, it's also the kind of intimate fellowship that the Lord invites you to when you enjoy being in His presence. Welcome to Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, and our teacher, of course, is Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So as you turn to Song of Solomon chapter 1, verse 7, Greg and I have got a quick update on our home group movement around the world. And we know we always have new people getting on the Bible bus, so very briefly, because we want to get to the great letters that we hear in the responses, a home group is simply a home Bible study that is systematically studying in their mother tongue the teaching of uh, Dr. McGee. And, And the most important thing that is usually a surprise to us Westerners is usually something like a third of the people aren't believers. Yeah, it's a great outreach tool. So you want to read this first one? Yeah, the first one's from Jarena. I am a home group member. I consider myself a Christian and pray regularly. Lately, I came to know details about the meaning of prayer listening to you. I realized that the way I am praying is not right. I used to pray using rituals. Now every morning I pray at night. I pray together with the family members. I feel peace through prayer. I thank God that I can talk to him freely. And we should say, Steve, that was from the Muslimi Bengali language, which is spoken in Bangladesh. So this, yeah. is, this is a person in Bangladesh who thinks they're a Christian. They consider themselves a Christian, but they're learning more depth about the Christian life. Yeah. Now, here's another uh, Bangladesh home group member named Kokan. I'm a home group member. It has been a few years since I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I used to be unkind. I loved getting friends into trouble, and I always hurt people. But as I listened to the Word of God, I started to change. I learned to love people instead of disturbing them. I do not get into arguments now, and I am trying to treat people well. God has blessed me through His Word. Hmm. So encouraging <laughs> yeah. to hear how the Holy Spirit in, in someone can transform their, their spirit and, and conform and how, them how to how practical, the and, and that yeah. a guy in Bangladesh has the same struggles that somebody has in our part of the exactly. world. Exactly. Here's another one. This is uh, someone by the name of Hannah or Hannah. I am a home group member. My husband is our home group leader. I accepted Jesus Christ from majority background. That, by the way, means Islam. That's right. I try to listen every day. I had doubt as to how I would be free from sin without sacrificial animal life. But listening to the teaching on Galatians, I have found the correct explanation on this matter. Now I am convinced that through only believing Jesus Christ, I am free from sin. I believe that I am on the right track by accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior. Hannah, let me tell you, you're on the right track. Uh, Yeah. And in case you didn't get that, because the grammar that came through the letter was a little odd, but she's basically saying, how can I be free from sin without sacrificing animals? Yes. That is still happening in today's world, Steve. Mm. And this is why we are so excited that we have 4,000 plus home groups in a country like Bangladesh, huge country, 160 plus million people, uh, less than 2%, even less than 1% Christian. Yeah. Incredible. Greg, pray for us as we begin our study. Father, we just rejoice that your word is going out and it's changing people's lives in very real and meaningful ways. Thank you that that's happening through the thousands of home groups across the world. And we pray that your word would change our life right now as we study it and open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Now here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with our study of Song of Solomon on Through the Bible. Now let me drop back today and just tie some strings together 
You will recall that this girl, a Cinderella, who had been forced out to keep the vineyards and do the outdoor work and even to take care of the sheep. And while she was watching over the sheep, there came a shepherd, an unusual shepherd. He didn't seem to have any sheep. And she raises a question concerning that. And the shepherds seem to be evasive, as you read this year. Well, we're going down beneath the surface today and look at something that's precious. Will you note this? She says, verse 7, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? And the Lord Jesus, you remember, had said, Other sheep I have. And the thing today is that many of us and the church raises questions. And we ask questions, all of us. We want to know about the heathen. Are they lost? We want to know about the doctrine of election. We want to know, what about this man? Is he really saved or isn't he saved? And we're constantly passing judgment on those that are around us. We're always asking about the other sheep. And we ought to recognize that we are the first sheep that we ought to take in consideration, make sure we are sheep. Now, he goes on to say here in verse 8, He answers, and I think this is the answer of the Lord Jesus to us today. If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock, and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tent. Now, first of all, we're to feed the little lambs, and the chances are that we come in under that classification think all of us ought to come in under it. As newborn babes, Peter says, desire the sincere milk of the word. Therefore, we are to feed ourselves today near the shepherd's tent. That's where the grass would be unusually green, by the way. And we need to feed upon the word of God. And then it speaks of the fact that Instead of arguing about these things, and there's so many people that will argue religion, will do nothing about it at all. We have received a superabundance of mail, and it's still dribbling in. After I went over the epistle of the Ephesians, where we talked about the doctrine of election, now I think I've had about a hundred people that have straightened me out. I made the statement that I did not understand the doctrine of election, that there was a great deal I needed to learn about it. Well, I found out that there are just a multitude of people that know all about it, and they were going to help me out. You see, we've got so many folk today that want to argue. They've got the answer. But what the Lord Jesus is saying here is, I want you to feed the sheep. I want you to get out yonder with the sheep and I want you to get the Word of God out. Instead of arguing about some little point today, why, let's move out. And first of all, we need to recognize that we need to be fed ourselves. I don't think we can feed others and tell about the joy of the Word of God unless it's a joy to us. Herbert put it like this, My soul's a shepherd too. 
a flock it feeds of thoughts and words and deeds. The pasture is thy word, the streams thy grace, encircling all the place. We need to feed upon the Word of God. Then we need to get the Word of God out to others, you see. And today, the bride of the Lamb that's to be presented to him someday, the church, is to get the Word of God out. And I think, very frankly, we've more or less bogged down in it. And that's coming up again later, and we'll talk about it when we get that. Now, he says, therefore, if you don't know, there are a lot of things you don't have the answer to. I was talking to a young man up north. There's quite a few things he doesn't have the answer to. And I told him this, that I was told as a young preacher, because I tried to get the answer to everything at that time, I was told, don't let what you don't know disturb what you do know. Do you know that, well, do you know that Christ died for your sin? Do you know you're trusting him? Are you resting upon it? Now, there are other things that you don't have the answer to. You can't say, I know. I can say, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know whom I have believed. But I don't find Paul saying anywhere, I know all about the doctrine of election. Now, let's don't let what we don't know disturb what we do know. And that's what the shepherd is saying to his bride. He says, don't let worry you about that. You be sure and feed your sheep. You have a responsibility today. There's so many people want to talk to you about, what about the heathen? We'll be under in Africa. My friend, what about the folk today in your neighborhood? What about your friends? What about those you contact? Are you getting the word of God to them? I am grateful today that there is a party bedridden. And I suppose that in her town back in Ohio, that probably a thousand people are contacted each month by her asking them to listen to this radio program. She's a real missionary, let me tell you. And so far, I've never gotten a question from her. I'm sure she doesn't have all the answers, but she just gets out the word today. And that's what the shepherd tells us. He said, if you don't know about these other sheep, then you just keep with your sheep and make sure you get the word of God. Now, will you listen to him as he speaks to the bride? He says, I have compared thee, O my love. Now, as we said before, when the word love is used, it is the bridegroom speaking to the bride. When it's beloved, it is the bride speaking to the bridegroom. I've compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Now, I suppose that if we had Moses here today and the children of Israel who went down to the Red Sea and found their way blocked there, and they looked back and they saw Pharaoh's chariots coming, well, it was terrible as an army with banners, for that's what it was. And it was very impressive. And actually, he's overwhelmed by the beauty of this country girl. She had none of the graces of the court. She'd never been to a beauty parlor. She had never taken really care of herself. 
Hers was just a natural beauty, you know. She had never seen any of these advertisements on TV that you use a certain kind of a hair tonic or a shampoo or a cream or a spray. They've got it today in every form you can think of, in a powder. And you can buy the great big economy size, port in your swimming pool and jump in. I tell you, today it's great. But she didn't have that advantage. She had this natural beauty that he saw in her. Now he goes on to say, Thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewel, thy neck with chains of gold. How beautiful this is, and how lovely this is, and how intimate this is. And he says, we'll make thee borders of gold with studs of silver. He said, I intend to cover you with jewelry. I intend to make you quite lovely. And he goes on to speak of her, her cheeks and her neck. These are parts of the body that appeal in a love affair. Now, I'm sure that there are many of you today, many of you ladies, you notice the eyelashes of your husband of all things. And you notice his physique. And you husbands, you notice the cheeks and the eyes, even little ears like a shell. All of that sort of thing, you see. Now, may I say to you, he's speaking of the bride. Now, the bride's the church. And the Lord Jesus Christ, does he find any beauty in the church? Why, my friend, he found us lost sinners, like this girl out yonder, neglected, her hair not taken care of. I imagine a comb hadn't been through her hair for years, but she had a natural beauty. Now, there's nothing in us, actually, that appealed to Christ. This idea today that there must have been something in us. Friend, just believe him when he says, we bring nothing, he provides everything. We are not lovely. When he came down to deliver the children of Israel, he didn't say, you are such superior people to the Egyptians. They weren't. They were inferior. He said, you're faithful to me. They were not faithful to him. You are not in idolatry. They were in idolatry. They were faithless. They had deserted God. They had turned their back upon him, and they were engaged in gross immorality. Well, what appeal to God? Why would he waste his time with them? Well, he said to Moses, said, I heard their groaning. <laughs> that appeals to God. Your lost condition today, he loves you. And your lost condition caused him to provide a salvation for you. And then he says, I remember my covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says, when I say a thing, I intend to make good. And God says, if you don't do anything but trust Christ, you'll be saved. My, what a picture that we have here. And this is a glorious picture, may I say, of the church. It's the church as he is going to make her. You remember, that is what we're told over in Ephesians. And you remember the thing that he says there, Christ also loved the church, and he gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. You see that he uses the word of God to sanctify also. It's a miracle soap, by the way, 
that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. That is holy, set apart from him, and without blemish. What's happened? Why, he's redeemed us. He paid a price for us. He has subtracted our sins, but he added his righteousness, and we are covered with the righteousness of Christ and stand complete in him, accepted in the beloved. Now, let's move on down here. This is very interesting. Here in chapter 1, verse 12, Song of Solomon, it says, While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. Now, that's a very interesting statement that is made for us here. I think that we probably ought to make a change or two here. While the king sitteth at his table, some have attempted to translate it while he's on his circuit, that is, while he's out going through the kingdom. And some have rendered it while he's at his banquet. And I think that probably the best translation that could be given of this, and that's where all of these new translations seem to me fall so far short. They don't get down to get the spiritual meaning. It's really while the king sitteth at his round table. That's the circuit that's here. And the round table, you see, is where he either sits or reclines with his guests around the banquet table. And you remember that this is the time that he brings in here all of these invited guests. And when he was born, you remember there came these wise men out of the east, and they brought gifts to him, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And they came there. Then the shepherds came down from the hilltop. And it was Milton who put it like this about the wise men. See how from far upon the eastern road the star-led wizards haste with odors sweet. O run, prevent them with thy humble ode and lay it lowly at his blessed feet. Have thou the honor first thy Lord to greet. And so they were the first ones. And David put it like this. He says, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And this is his round table where he brings in his own. Are you sitting at that table today? You have an invitation. He sent out an invitation to the highways and byways. And there was a little old boy down in southern Oklahoma, a toe-headed fella. Nobody thought even to talk to him. But he got the invitation, and thank God I accepted it. May I say to you, and I've been sitting at his table for a long, long time. And he says today to you, if you're not there, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I'll come into him. I'll sup with him and he with me. Say, why don't you sit at the round table? Sir Lancelot may sit at King Arthur's round table. That's nothing compared to this round table. And he says here, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. This is the fragrance of Christ's life, by the way. How wonderful it is. How glorious it is. 
And this is the fragrance that should be in our lives today by association with him. And I should say, I think the Lord's Supper is a very important service. If it's just a form and ritual with you, well, forget it. I have quite a few letters. A lady from down in Miami, Florida wrote, she said, you know, I'd never heard anyone say that they said to the Lord Jesus, I love you. And she said, I never said it, but I loved him. And she said, ever since then, I heard you say that morning and noon and night, I'm making up for lost time. I tell him that I love him. And she said, you know, the word of God has taken on a new color, a new meaning. May I say to you, this is wonderful, the fragrance of it today. And these are things that we need today. Now we have this statement here, and it's quite an intimate statement. Don't be afraid now and run away from it. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breasts. Now, may I say to you, I think the original here, to let you translate it several different ways, but actually, it shall lie all night betwixt my breasts. What is that? Well, it's this bundle of myrrh. And what is that bundle of myrrh? That's Christ. When he was born, they brought myrrh to him. The wise men did. When he died, Joseph and this man Nicodemus, they brought myrrh and put on his body, and the women brought it. This speaks of, may I say to you, of his birth, his entire life speaks of Jesus. And what do you think about at night? May I say to you, he should lie heavy upon your breast and upon your heart at night. When you wake up during the night seasons, what do you think about, friends? Do you begin to worry about the next day and worry about that? Oh, I do a lot of that. But it's wonderful sometimes to just turn that off. And we are hearing a great deal today about I get letters from these young people. They say, we've turned Jesus on listening to the program. Wonderful. Turn him on at night when you're thinking about these things. Because again, may I say that that's exactly what Paul was talking about over in the fourth chapter of Philippians when he says, finally, brethren. This is finally. This is something you're to do when you get the end of the rope. Whatsoever things are true, that's Christ. Whatsoever things are honest, that's Christ. Whatsoever things are just, that's the Lord Jesus. Whatsoever things are pure, he's pure. Whatsoever things are good, of good report, or of excellence, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. These are the things. It's to meditate upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It's been put like this, a bundle of mellifluous myrrh is my beloved best to me which I will bind between my breasts while I do rest in silent slumbers. A friend of mine put me on to this years ago. He said, when I go to bed at night, the last thing I do is pull up the covers and I look up and say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And then again, Watts put it like this, as myrrh new bleeding from the tree, such is a dying Christ to me. And while he makes my soul his guest, my bosom, Lord, shall be thy rest. Oh, to think upon the Lord Jesus Christ, how wonderful it is. 
And again, Erskine put it like this, from this enfolded bundle flies his savor all abroad. Such complicated sweetness lies in my incarnate God. Oh, Christian friend, we're missing so much today. Are you satisfied with these little courses now? Are you willing to have some little ritual in your life be the solution? May I say to you, oh, to have him today, to have him today as the very object of your life, the one who brings in the excitement, the ecstasy, and the fellowship, and the joy, and his grace, and his love, and his mercy. It's all yours. Just open the door. He's knocking right now, even Jesus. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless you, my beloved. To listen to this important study again, just visit ttb.org, or to be in touch, call 1-800-65-BIBLE. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll be here next time, saving a seat on the Bible bus just for you. We're grateful for our committed listening family who faithfully pray and invest in Through the Bible as we together take the whole word to the whole world.